Hi, this is Tamika Kasten-Miller, and you are listening to Think, Flow, Grow. At the end of this and every episode, you will find a meditation, so stay tuned. The other day I was listening to an article um, or reading an article from NPR about brand loyalty. Brands have figured out a way to have a consumer not only create an attachment to an item, but also to the actual brand. So this means that no matter the quality of the product, the brand becomes a part of a person's identity. This also means that the brand is no longer in the fight for quality, but rather the fight for the proliferation of converts. As we speak, I have AirPods next to me. I'm recording on a MacBook Pro. My iPhone is next to it. Um, I'm sure my iPad is around here somewhere too. And later tonight, I might watch something on Apple TV or listen to music on my HomePod. So I get it. I'm one of these people as well. Now, for me, I convinced myself that I had all of the products because they communicate very well with one another. It's for ease. But the truth is, I would never really consider purchasing another type of phone, nor another type of tablet. In fact, I actually had to struggle to think of what the word tablet was because all I could think was iPad. Yeah. So I found myself also arguing the benefits of Apple products. When I was a secondary educator, I was a certified Apple teacher and even had an Apple TV in my classroom. Now, I will say it made for ease, but what I didn't realize later is how inadvertently I had communicated a superiority of products to kids who really wanted that next generation iPhone. Fortunately, I will say that There was a point in which I decided to stop advertising for Apple and the inevitable arguments that people get into over superiority over its counterparts. And at this point, I truly don't care who buys what. I care about what I buy and their longevity. And now seeing those debates online just kind of makes me laugh. As tantric yogis say, Everything in life can be a blessing or poison. This is true of yoga too. But what does this have to do with brand or anything that I just talked about with Apple? And how could yoga be poison? Well, I've seen this attachment to the brand in the world of yoga too. And I've actually noticed how damaging it is. I practice and teach at a wonderful studio in Houston, Texas. It was family owned and everyone became a part of the family, even as it grew from one to six studios. That makes for a pretty big family. When my studio was purchased by another company, people lost their shit. Seriously, it was mayhem. There were so many very public meltdowns. It was a complete loss of a piece of some folks' identity. The interesting thing is that nothing actually changed for six months except for the name. 
The brand changed, but an identity was lost. Now, for me, I was concerned with, am I going to have a job? What's going to happen with the new owners? Will they like me? But for others, it was, this is crap. What am I going to do? There was just a complete and utter distrust and anger. It was really interesting to watch um, because nothing had actually changed. The studio sold, but nothing changed for a good six months. It was really, really interesting. And I and I will admit, I do tend to go countercultural when I see a lot of people um, having reactions. I kind of just sit back and observe, chalk it up to coming from a crazy family um, that was very loud and I just became the observer often. So I would just sit back and observe and I kept looking at all of the reactions, but everyone was still in place and everything was still in place. And in fact, there were some very positive changes. For example, there was no longer a non-compete for teachers, which is actually uh, not standard in the world of yoga. Uh, And there was kind of a distancing from some of the, um, what our studio likes to call hugging in. I felt that it was more like clinging to an ideology. There was a little less of that, which actually made for a little bit more freedom for me. So as I mentioned, there were some very public meltdowns with people who have pretty large audiences. And I just kept asking myself, what has actually changed? We have all the same students. We have all the same teachers. We're all, nothing changed financially. Um, The only thing that changed was the name of the organization and who runs it. And so then I realized in that moment that my yoga studio had done a great job of creating an identification with it as a company. So there was this personal self-identification with the company. And I'm not saying that this is a, a bad thing. I think that it's important for there to be a family vibe and for there to be an um, a, an experience of uh, community. Community is everything for me. But as I mentioned, anything can be a poison or a blessing. And what ended up happening was the beauty of the family feeling that was such a blessing for so many people ended up turning into poison. There was a lot of very public negativity being shared all the time that students were watching and were learning. Um, And the the crazy thing about all of it is that uh, the the irony is that in yoga, uh, one of the pillars of yoga is non-attachment. So what I, I noticed was essentially two things that happened in this community. There was not only an encouragement of attachment, whether it be on purpose or by accident, but there was also a legitimate attaching that people did do to the idea of what the studio was and to its brand. Now, there are some really good things that can happen when we're creating um, any type of organization or, or relationship 
that aligns to a particular value system. But the problem is that when it is aligned to a name or a title or a concept, the minute that title or concept changes, everything changes. And that is a problem. So my question to um, those who actually had these major reactions is what actually changed? Did your students change? Did you change? Did I change? Whatever we're creating at any time, we, we have to be willing to walk away from it. We have to be able to walk away, especially when we realize that we're attached to it. So this leads me to the concept of aparigraha. This is a yogic concept of non-attachment or non-clinging. This concept is related to the uh, a pillar of yoga, the eight limbs of yoga that teaches us how to live as yogis. This concept of non-attachment is also related to another yogic philosophy called kleshas. And essentially kleshas, uh, that word klesha means poison. And there are five types of poison or five types of behaviors that can poison our souls. Out of them, two are huge and are very common. And those are kleshas that are pushing and pulling. Now, kleshas cause suffering. And so these, this idea of pushing things away that we don't want and clinging to things or pulling things to us that we don't want to let go cause suffering. And this certainly was happening when people... Um, were attached to this company. And it certainly happens in other areas of our life as well. Now, there is definitely an argument for a company to create a culture and for it to act in a certain way and people who are going to be affiliated with that organization to be aligned to that. You know, as I build my own brand, I think of my own values, my own expectations and standards that I have for myself and will have for future employees. And all of those things need to be in alignment. There does need to be a shared value system. And everyone who's a part of that organization has to buy into that value system. But I also know and completely understand that employees and students and anyone who comes into um, my situation, they're not mine. For future employees, I have to create a space for them to feel good and honored and loved while they are there and also create the opportunity for them to move on when they're ready. This is a very natural thing. It's a very natural thing to be in a cycle of creation and letting go. And this cycle has to happen. This very natural cycle has to happen. Otherwise, there is an attachment created, which then creates suffering. 
be somewhere and move on. So how much of what we are creating is actually sustainable, so sustainable that people can walk away from it and be okay with it. And for me personally, I, I run retreats and this is uh, a phenomenal opportunity for people to have moments and shifts and experiences within themselves and with others that are hugely intimate and creative and beautiful. And it's very easy for uh, people to want to stay in that uh, instead of going back to their own life, their normal life. But for me, I have to ask myself, am I creating something that requires for people to cling to it so dearly they can't walk away from it? Or is it possible for me to create something sustainable and resilient so that people can walk away with, with whatever they gained and be okay? This whole fascination of becoming a guru or becoming or being guru-like um, encourages people to create attachments to us and I have found that um, over the history of gurus, there have been many problematic ones, especially the ones who had very large followings. This guru-like situation lends to attachments and oftentimes results in suffering and sometimes in very big and abusive ways. I believe that there is a way for us to mutually share wisdom and be each other's mirrors. And when that cycle is finished, then we give each other gratitude for the roles that we have played in the formation of opinions and wisdom. And then we move on and we find the next guide. So why is this important? As the ancients say, the way you do one thing is the way you do all things. Forming attachments bleeds into other areas, especially if we're practicing this in very intimate spaces like yoga communities and yoga studios. The formation of attachment in one area lends to the formation of attachments in other areas. And this creates then suffering in all aspects of life. The easiest and most relatable of these concepts is just being in a relationship with someone. The thought of being in a relationship with someone and clinging to them um, is problematic. Is there a way, and I believe there is, for us to honor and love someone, to hold space for them, to care for them, to be in complete integrity with them, and to be able to let them go when it is time for them to go. One of my greatest uh, guides in my life currently um, reminded me once that no one owes us anything. Not a single person in this entire world owes another person anything. No one owes you anything. No one owes me anything. Every experience that we have, every experience that a person gives us is a gift. And that person gets to 
choose whether or not they want to give you that gift. Once we demand the gift of a relationship or the gift of, of that person creating an experience for us, that is no longer a gift. It's an obligation. And not only is it an obligation, but it's an obligation that we're demanding and we're asking for that person to enter into a codependent relationship. For me, this is not the relationship that we should be encouraging as yogis. And it certainly is not yoga and it's not sustainable. It doesn't build resilient people. While we're creating relationships, while we're creating communities, there still is the requirement of healthy boundaries. And this is something that we can model as a yoga community and as yogis. So I take my marriage, for example. My marriage could be a boundary-free zone in which we cling to one another and Uh, require that one another be here, be there, do this, do that in a way that doesn't encourage joy and is based out of fear, fear that that person could leave or hurt us in some sort of way. But realistically, a marriage, a good marriage, and I have a great marriage, I'm very thankful for it. Essentially, a marriage is just a long-term gift or a long-term series of gifts of companionship and of love. And once that gift no longer feels like a gift or no longer is a gift, are we supposed to be in obligation? And how much joy and abundance is in that? Now, this is coming from someone who is a Capricorn. Commitment for me Commitment, loyalty, integrity, these are absolute priorities in my life. And I have found that commitments change. Now, mind you, this has been a very difficult thing for me. I'm the type of person that if I tell you I'm going to be somewhere or do something and then I don't show up, I have an entire moment about it. Like I'm I'm a horrible friend. I'm a horrible person. I can't believe that I have to break this commitment. So one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, cycles are ending and beginning at any given time and they can happen after you've made a commitment in the middle of an ending cycle. So what I have learned about this is that if we make a commitment, and full integrity and full in the abundance of, of choices. And we're, we're making that commitment as a gift and something happens that changes our ability to follow through with that commitment. It is okay to say, I'm sorry, but my situation has changed. Then I cannot, I can no longer follow through with this. Thank you so much for understanding. So sometimes we do have to let those commitments go. And I think the key is letting them go with integrity. The thing is, is that if we've created health boundaries and if we're all practicing non-attachment, even though we might feel disappointed by 
the commitment or the situation ending will still ultimately be okay with it. So this practice of non-attachment also is about healthy relationships, healthy boundaries. And healthy relationships require healthy boundaries. They require strong, healthy boundaries and strong, healthy people who can walk away from a relationship and be fine. Now, mind you, I have been on both sides of this because I am no one's guru except for myself. And so I've definitely been on the side, this territorial nature of you said you would do this. I'm expecting this from you. You lied, you, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But what I have learned is that life is much more joy-filled and peaceful if I'm not relying on someone to make me happy or healthy um, with something they can't provide. If something has changed, allowing them to change their mind or walk away is actually a really freeing experience for all parties. I am over being in a situation of asking for something from people that they cannot provide. I'm asking for them to suffer and I'm inviting for myself to be in suffering as well. So my challenge to you is, are you willing to practice non-attachment? Now, this is not detachment. This is not an aversion to or an avoidance of relationships. This is just saying that or understanding that everyone's going to be fine if that relationship or that situation goes away. So can we figure out a way to practice non-attachment? Are you willing to practice non-attachment? And can we figure out a way to find and build loyalty and integrity within the framework of that? Perhaps we ask for a company or a person to show up in the way that we show up. I think that is still important. Hey, I'm showing up this way. Would you show up that same way alongside me? But the work is not being attached to the answer. Come to a comfortable seat or a lying down position. Take time to get completely comfortable. You can pause this recording while you do that. Become aware of your breath. Begin noticing your inhalations and your exhalations. Notice the origin of your breath coming in through your nostrils. Notice how deeply you can inhale. Does your inhalation travel to your chest? Does your belly expand? Is there a rise and fall of your chest? Or do your ribs expand away from one another? 
Just notice your breath without any expectations of how the breath should feel. See if you can experience your breath in a different place, in your low belly. Notice you can send your breath to the crown of your head. Feel your awareness being drawn to the crown of your head. Breath goes in through your nostrils toward your brain. And as you exhale, it goes back out through your nostrils. And I'll draw your inhale in through your nostrils down to the pit of your belly. And as you exhale, allow for your exhale to take the long journey out through your nose. Now bring your awareness to your heart. Can you feel your heart beating? Can you feel your heart or even sense your heart beating? Now bring awareness to all of the parts of you that are touching the ground or your chair. Feel the connection between that which you are sitting or lying on and your body. Notice breath moving throughout your body. Attempt to experience your breath all over. Now notice any thoughts in your mind. Notice any thoughts that are coming up right now and see your thoughts. On your next inhale, draw your thoughts in. And as you exhale, allow them to go out into the ether around you. Allow for your thoughts to fall to the side of you like a river. Now bring all of the roles and titles that you play and you've given yourself. Bring that to your mind's eye. See yourself in each of those roles. Mother, father, brother, sister. See yourself as all of those titles and labels that you've given yourself and that others have given you. Notice how you feel about the labels. Each role that you play, notice how you feel about that role. Visualize your feelings as awareness. See your feelings as words or titles. See the feelings that you experience around the labels that you've given yourself or that others have given you. See those feelings about those labels as words. And now send those labels and those words in opposite directions. Visualize yourself in the middle the labels and titles you've given yourself on one side of your body 
and your feelings about those labels on the other side of your body. And now see yourself unencumbered by the labels and the thoughts as light. Give yourself a color, an awareness. See yourself as light. Go beyond the layers of skin and clothes, breath and energy. And come into the center of yourself, light, perhaps with a color. See yourself glowing, emanating energy and love, creativity, truth, and power. See the very essence of who you are a you that has existed long before any labels or titles or feelings about labels and titles. Yourself as pure light, long and everlasting truth, love. And on your next exhale, breathe into that light. Allow for that light to glow brighter. Fill this light, fill every cell of your body. Fill light and bliss and beauty, truth and power filling everywhere from your hair follicles all the way to your toenails. And know that this is truth. This is the very essence of who you are. It is not reliant upon anyone else's experience or definitions. It is not reliant upon your definitions or your human experience. Know that you are a part of something bigger and greater than your mind can even conceive in this moment. Notice your light growing bigger. Your light grows and emanates bigger and bigger, extending beyond your skin, your hair, your toes and fingers. Allow for your awareness to become a part of the greater awareness the Earth's intelligence, that which is bigger than you, allow for your light to kiss the light of the world. And as you inhale and exhale, enjoy this exchange of intelligence between yourself and the greater intelligence. Allow the Earth's wisdom to become a part of you and you're for your wisdom to be a part of the Earth's. Acknowledge the pureness of your wisdom. Allow for this wisdom to be without any attachments to belonging to you or to anyone else, but being a part of the greater consciousness. 
And now begin bringing your awareness back into yourself, seeing yourself as light. Bring your awareness back to your heart center. And now back to your breath. Take a deep, luxurious breath. And exhale everything out. And know that how you choose to move about the world is an example to someone and is practice for yourself, for your human experience. And give gratitude for, for not needing to cling to anyone or anything because of the abundance of gifts that are being shared with you right now. Whether or not we see it, we are always invited to receive the abundant blessings of the gifts of the people in our lives and give gratitude for not needing to cling to them because they are abundantly given. And begin to wake up your fingers and your toes. Take a full breath in, belly inhale. And exhale, let something go. And as you come to know that you are more fully embodied and an important part of a reality and of a consciousness that we are all co-creating. Thank you for creating and compassion. It is always my goal to leave you better than I found you. I hope that happened for you today. Namaste. You've been listening to Think, Flow, Grow. I hope to hear from you. Please send any questions or comments that you'd like for me to address any future topics. And please tune in next week.